Hi, this is Chris McGregor of Discerning Hearts, asking for your help during this Lenten and Easter season. Support from our listeners is vital and allows us to bring you and many others high-quality spiritual programs like the one you are listening to now. It also assists us in our outreach to areas around the globe, touching literally millions of souls via the World Wide Web. Our highly rated free Discerning Hearts app allows you to access over a thousand audio files as well as video content now available on our expanding YouTube channel. We've been able to offer online spiritual seminar retreats with Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Monsignor John Essef, and Deacon James Keating. The heart of our mission is to help foster authentic spiritual formation for the seeking soul so they can fully encounter the living Christ and share in his mission of healing hearts and spreading the good news to the world. Please, won't you help us to continue this important work of evangelization by donating today to DiscerningHearts.com. DiscerningHearts.com presents Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Hessif. Monsignor Esif is a priest of the Diocese of Scranton, Pennsylvania. He has served as a retreat director and confessor to St. Teresa of Calcutta. He continues to offer direction and retreats for the Sisters of the Missionaries of Charity. Monsignor Esif encountered St. Padre Pio, who would become a spiritual father to him. He has lived in areas around the world, serving in the pontifical missions a Catholic organization established by Pope St. John Paul II to bring the good news to the world, especially to the poor. He continues to serve as a retreat leader and director to bishops, priests, and sisters, seminarians, and other religious leaders. Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essif. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Today, the church is centering on Palm Sunday, the first day of Holy Week. And this week is the unfolding of the suffering and the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Actually, Palm Sunday, the beginning, is to show how absolutely fickle human nature is. Today we see the people in Jerusalem gathered so that They can honor Jesus as their king. And the whole world recognizes Palm Sunday that Jesus Christ is heralded by his disciples, by the people of Jerusalem, as their king. But they have this mistaken notion that he is going to be a worldly king. And he has come to be a king that's a spiritual king. And his central theme in life is suffering and dying and rising. It's his suffering on Good Friday, his death, and his resurrection on Easter that is going to be the center of the salvation of the whole world. Now, the church wants us to focus on this as we are entering this Holy Week. So she has us distribute palm and has us have in procession, unite ourselves with our king, and honor him and see him as our great Messiah and king. But she also wants us to see, because it's going to end in our union with him. We who are members of the church are united with him in his suffering, 
in his dying and in his rising. And this very day, the first day of Holy Week, we are going to have read to us the suffering and the death of Jesus Christ. Listen to the church's words as she prepares us to celebrate Palm Sunday. Dear brothers and sisters, since the beginning of Holy Week until now, we have prepared our hearts by prayer and charitable works. Today, we gather together to herald with the whole church. So let's see ourselves in some position where we can actually see the whole church. Uh, if you want to gather in Rome as the central spot with our Holy Father and kind of see yourself and picture yourself with him from wherever your parish church is, wherever you as a bishop or priest or people are celebrating this particular Palm Sunday, Paschal Mystery. That is to say, of his passion and resurrection. That's what the Paschal Mystery is. For it was to accomplish this mystery that Jesus entered his own city of devotion. Let us commemorate the Lord's entry into the city for our salvation, following in his footsteps, so that being made by his grace partakers of the cross. As we enter into this celebration, we are going to be partakers of the cross that we may have a united entry with him into his resurrection. Unless we enter into the suffering and death by our lives, we're not going to be able to enter into his resurrection. So this is, this is the story of entry into Jerusalem according to Matthew. When Jesus and the disciples drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find an ass tethered and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them here to me. And if anyone should say anything to you, reply, the master has need of them. Then he will send them at once. This happened so that what had been spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled. Say to daughter Sion, behold your king comes to you, meek and riding on an ass, and on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had ordered them. They brought the ass to him, and they laid their cloaks upon it, and he sat upon, and he sat upon them. 
the very large crowd spread their cloaks on the ground, while others cut branches from the trees and strewed them on the road. The crowds preceding him and those following him kept crying out and saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was shaken and asked, Who is this? And the crowd replied, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. This entry, this solemn entry into Jerusalem is the beginning of our Holy Week. Five days later, they're going to kill him on Calvary. They're honoring him today, bringing him, honoring him, and praising him. And the church is saying, this entry into Jerusalem of Jesus is our entry into his life. We, if we're going to follow in his footsteps, that's the prayer, then we must act in faith to follow him into his passion, into his death, in, in order to arrive at Easter in the resurrection. And so we read the passion. Immediately, the church in the, in the mass of the day goes into Isaiah prophesying, Morning after morning, he opens an ear that I may hear, and I have not rebelled, but have turned, and I have not turned my back. Who is this Messiah? I gave my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who plucked my beard. My face I did not shield from buffet and spittle. The Lord God is my help. He got, they go right into Jesus' suffering, predicted centuries before. Yes, the Messiah is going to suffer and the Messiah is going to die. Psalm 22 is in the Mass. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? The cry of Jesus on the cross. And then Paul in Philippians telling us, Christ Jesus, though he was in the form of God, this is deicide that's going to occur now on Friday, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be grasped at. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave. The, the, the actual events of the passion of Jesus Christ are those every Christian, if we're going to follow in the footsteps of Jesus Christ, each of us is going to have to embrace. He said, if you want to be my disciple, you must take up your cross and follow me. Rather, he emptied himself, 
taking the form of a slave, coming in human likeness and found himself in appearance. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. We have come to see the cross as a, as a kind of a, a symbol these days, which really, I, is, the cross is ugly. The cross is, it was the worst form that man could invent of, of killing. Stoning to death was bad enough. But to take a cross and to crucify a human being Jesus was naked on the cross. They wanted to humiliate him. In the events that take place in Matthew's gospel, and so we're going to, I, I hope that every one of us will take on this Palm Sunday and read the account of Jesus first, it, it, the, the beginning of his passion and, and his take, it's read right at the Mass of Palm Sunday. He's at the Last Supper. He's having his last meal where he, because when you are at Mass now, today, when we gather as Catholic Christians, when we are celebrating this memorial, you that are Protestants, what are you, what are you celebrating? Those are, are Orthodox. What are we celebrating? That Last Supper. It's a memorial. I have gathered you together at this Eucharistic celebration, at this memorial, because I want you to think about, and especially during this week, and especially during Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday, I want you to prepare yourselves to enter into. Is it like a mental celebration? No, it's our lives. We enter into Holy Week with our lives. And so who is this one that enters into our life? Because we all have someone like this. One of the 12, who was called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, what are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? Judas planned to betray Christ for 30 pieces of silver. He was going to get and show them, lead them to where he was and turn him over to the, to the, to the Jews, to the Sanhedrin, to the high priest. And he was going to become part of his betrayal. And he was one of his friends. Has that ever happened to you in your life? Have you ever had the pain as a Christian of being betrayed? Recently, I had a, a, someone who had gone through some terrible suffering, and I was talking to her about her life in Christ. And I asked her, I said, what is the pain in your heart that is like that pain that Jesus had when Judas betrayed him. 
because in this account, Judas comes to Jesus and after he has had this supper and he says to Judas, uh, he kisses him and he says, Hail, Master. And Jesus said, Friend, do you betray me with a kiss? That pain in the heart of Jesus, this woman said, It was my ex-husband. Are you listening to this and you have been betrayed by someone very close to you, very intimate friend of yours? That pain in your heart is the pain that was in Jesus' heart. Jesus suffered the same kind of anguish that you did. You can actually, in Christ, by your baptism, through Christ and with Christ, take and offer that pain to God. You can actually say to your Judas friend. You can actually love and forgive your enemy from your heart because your heart is his heart. Jesus went through a trial. It's going to be here that they drug him after he was betrayed, and they took him before the chief priests and the Sanhedrin, and they were making up all kinds of uh, charges against him. He was charged with all kinds of lies, and, and that, that suffering that he went through, to hear all these lies that were being brought against him by the chief priests, has, has any of you ever gone through a suffering like that? The kind of pain that Jesus has is being suffered by every one of us. All of us have been denied by a friend. Those pains that we have, we have now the opportunity to be Christ, to take those sufferings, and they're deep in the human heart, and unite them with Christ and offer them to the Lord. Who is Pontius Pilate in your life? Are there members sometimes against you in your business, in government, in schools that are completely weak and cave in and create injustice in your life? How often does that happen? Many, many times. The suffering that people can endure from weak politicians, weak governors, and those who then are, Pilate knew he was creating an injustice. Not too long ago, here in Luzerne County, here in Pennsylvania, there was a corrupt judge who was receiving money for sending young boys to prison and young girls because he was getting kickbacks from the prison facility. Horrible injustice. Now, whatever it was that maybe that child that went and spent that time, 
can, if you were listening to me now, you have within your heart an opportunity to know what Jesus, the innocent one, was going through. Falsely accused, false witnesses against him, and falsely judged. False charge, false witnesses, and false judge. So many times in our lives, we go through the suffering and the pain and the anguish of Jesus Christ. He was stripped of his garments. Who in your life really gets a kind of a delight out of seeing you shamed, pulling you off and seeing you stripped and naked before the crowd? Who in your life have you met and have you ever experienced being mocked? Jesus had a crown of thorns put on his head. He was falsely tried as being a king. And the accusation brought against him was not that he was the son of God, which is really why the Jews and the chief priests wanted to condemn him, but rather that he said he was a king. And it was falsely maneuvered. He in no way was a challenge to Caesar. But it was so manipulated that this was the charge brought against him. He is agitating the people and putting himself up as a king. And he was not an earthly king. In no way, anything and everything Jesus wanted to avoid was to be an earthly king. He didn't come to give us food. He multiplied loaves and he fed the hungry, but it wasn't his position to save our bellies, but to save our souls. He came to save us from damnation and sin and Satan and death. This was his kingship an eternal kingship, which is the one we want to enter into. But the false accusations had him accused as a king. The soldiers put on his head a crown of thorns. When you look at the cross of Jesus Christ, you'll see there a crown. He's a king, ha-ha, and mocked. I saw in a movie, it was quite. A, it was called... Uh, the, the hunchback of Notre Dame. He was so ugly and deformed. And one day in France, he come out into the public and they made fun of him. They were mocking how ugly he looked. The, the, the hunchback and the, the deformity of his body and I, I still remember Charles Lawton took the part of the mockery of the people as they mocked the hunchback. Jesus was mocked as a king. They genuflected in front of him and they slapped his face and they blindfolded him and said, who did it, mighty king? And they spit in his face. Jesus mocked. And the prophecy Isaiah fulfilled, I did not turn my face from their buffets and their spittle.
We who go through suffering, rejection, insult, it's the slightest kind of insult seems to cause us such great anguish. And yet there are those in prison who are undergoing tremendous suffering in the name of Jesus. All of those heroes that we have who've gone through such suffering and pain in Sudan, in Egypt, in many places of the world, in Vietnam, and if you're if you could possibly hear this, you know, a loved one of yours now in Iran, tortured and and falsely accused, and all the kinds of things that are still going on in the world today. As we enter into this holy week, and Jesus is still suffering, is dying, and is rising. You know, these innocent people that were on that plane when that pilot decided to plunge that plane into the ocean. All the kinds of suffering that are, that are, that are inflicted on people in the world today. This Holy Week, this time in which we live, Jesus still suffering, still dying, and still rising. All the kinds of false accusations, false charges, and false witnesses that continue in the world today. Good Friday is now, and you and I are in the midst of our suffering and dying and rising. As we enter into Holy Week, let us very carefully study and pray and read every event of the life of Jesus Christ has a revelation for my life, for the life of my father and mother, my brothers, my sisters, my family, my friends, and our world today. The events that are around me can be so studied and known in the depths of the mystery of the Paschal suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We want to kill God in our day, and he rises. It's Jesus. You can't, we, he can't be killed in me. He has brought me to immortality and eternity. This week is life as it's centered for eternal life. Jesus Christ, the Messiah. The King of glory comes, the nation rejoices. Open the gates before him, lift up your voices. Who is this King of glory? How shall we call him? He is Emmanuel, the promised of ages. The King of glory comes, the nation rejoices. Open the gates before him, lift up your voices. Hail to Christ the King. Amen. 
You've been listening to Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essif. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. Or you can find it within the free Discerning Hearts app. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission, which is to offer rock-solid and authentic spiritual formation freely to souls around the world. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essef.